2: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today.
3: Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And
2: me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: There is some shocking information that has come out, and I want you to imagine being someone who lost a loved one in the 9-11 attacks, and maybe not just the 9-11 attacks but attacks after 9-11 and attacks before 9-11. A email and a letter that went out to those that lost loved ones were told from the Pentagon that the suspected mastermind of 9-11, as well as four other horrific terrorists at Gitmo, could escape the death penalty under an actual plea agreement. Now, the suspected 9-11 terrorist mastermind, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, isn't just guilty of planning 9-11. This is a man that was involved in multiple terrorist attacks around the world. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, before 9-11, in 1994, worked with Ramzi Yusuf's nephew, or his nephew, I should say, Razi, Razi Yusuf, to destroy a plan to destroy 12 commercial airliners flying routes between the United States and... East Asia and Southeast Asia, the 9-11 Commission report says that this marked the first time that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, also known as KSM, took part in acting and an actual planning of a terrorist operation. They used airline timetables and Mohammed and Yusuf devised a scheme whereby five men could in a single day board 12 flights, two each for three of the men, three each for two others. They could assemble and dispose their bombs and exit the planes, leaving timers to ignite the bombs up to several days afterwards. By the time the bombs exploded, the men would be far away and far from reasonable suspicion. The math was simple, 12 flights with at least 400 people per flight, somewhere in the neighborhood of 5,000 people that would die. It would be a day of glory for the jihadists, they said. But then they realized that wasn't good enough. Now, they did test it, by the way. They also tested renting or buying a Cessna, packing it with explosive, crashing it into the CIA headquarters with a backup plan to hijack the 12th airliner in the air and use that instead. The information was reported, by the way, in detail to the U.S. at the time of this planning in 1994. This is the guy who eventually was the mastermind of 9-11. In December of 94, Yusuf had engaged in a test bomb. On a Philippine airline flight four hundred thirty four using about only ten percent of the explosives that were to be used in each of the bombs that were to be planted on US airliners. The test resulted in the death of a Japanese national on board a flight from the Philippines to Japan. Mohammed conspired with Yusuf in the plot until it was uncovered on january the 695. ninety five. Yusuf, by the way, was captured february the seventh of the same year. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed was indicted on terrorism charges in the United States of America. In the Southern District of New York in January of 96 for his alleged involvement in the operation. He was also placed on the October 10, 2001 initial list of the FBI's most wanted terrorists. This individual then returned to Qatar after he was on the run from the U.S. And then he became a project engineer at the country's Ministry of Electricity and Water, if you believe that alibi. He traveled in 95 to Sudan, Yemen, Malaysia, and Brazil to visit elements of the worldwide jihadist community, just so you know what he was really doing. On his trip to the Sudan, he attempted to meet with Osama bin Laden. He was, at the time, living there, aided by political leaders. After the U.S. and asked the Qatari government to arrest Muhammad in January of 96, he fled to Afghanistan, where he renewed his alliance. With many other terrorists, a year later, he formed a working relationship directly with Osama bin Laden, who settled there as well. Bin Laden and his colleagues relocated their operation to Afghanistan at the same time. Mohammed, bin Laden's chief operations director, known for, the, for multiple bombings and killings, reached out to Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. They met in Tora Bora in the 1996. This is long before 9-11. Muhammad, in 97, moved his family from Iran to Pakistan. That year, he tried unsuccessfully to join Mujahideen leaders in Chechnya, another area of special interest to Khalid Sheikh Muhammad. Unable to travel to Chechnya, he returned to Afghanistan. He ultimately accepted bin Laden's invitation to move to Kandahar and then joined al-Qaeda as a full-fledged member. Then he became the leader of al-Qaeda's media committee, which was about recruiting the terrorists that would kill American troops and innocent people around the world. And that's when the first hijack plan that Mohammed presented to, to the Al Qaeda leader, Osama bin Laden, called for several planes on both East and West Coast to hijack and fly into targets in America to maximize casualties and to take down symbolic buildings. His plan evolved from an earlier flo- that FOIL plot I told you about. Bin Laden rejected some of the targets, suggesting that, uh, hey, for example, the U.S. Bank Tower in Los Angeles, it was just too complicated. Let's simplify this so we know we get it done. So in late 1998 and early 1999, Bin Laden gave official approval to Muhammad to proceed to organize the plot. Meetings in early 1999 took place with Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, Osama Bin Laden and his military chief, Atef. Bin Laden led the plot and provided financial support. But the mastermind was clear. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed was going to go out and find the participants, including choosing Mohammed Atta as the lead hijacker. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed provided operational support, such as selecting targets and helping arrange travel for the hijackers and training. After Atta was chosen as the leader of the mission, he met with bin Laden to discuss the targets, the World Trade Center, which represented the U.S. economy, the Pentagon, they said a symbol of the U.S. military, and the capital the perceived source of U.S. policy for support in Israel. And then the White House was also on the list, as bin Laden considered it a political symbol and wanted to attack it as well. None of this would have happened without Khalid Sheikh Mohammed's planning and finding the hijackers that were willing to commit jihad and kill themselves in this act. We now know exactly what happened. But that's not all that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed did. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed also made sure that Daniel Pearl, that Wall Street Journal reporter, was captured. They also made sure at the instruction of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed that Daniel Pearl was beheaded on camera and put out for propaganda to bring jihadists into the United States or into Al Qaeda to kill Americans. Time magazine reported that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed confessed to the CIA that he personally committed the murder, the beheading of Daniel Pearl. The Pentagon said that Mohammed had confessed to that murder. The statement Quoted Muhammad saying, I decapitated with my blessing, with my blessed right hand, and the head of the American Jew, Daniel Pearl. That's one of the reasons why they wanted him. He was Jewish. In Karachi, Pakistan, for those who would like to confirm, there are pictures of me on the internet holding his head. His confession was gained after he was waterboarded. So, of course, liberals said, oh, that was just too mean. According to an investigative report, the Federal Bureau of Investigations Used vein matching to determine that the perpetrator in the video of the killing of Pearl was most likely Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Notably through identifying a bulging vein running across the hand. Again, this is who Khalid Sheikh Mohammed is. Family members got a letter from the Pentagon saying this week, Because they're obsessed with closing down Guantanamo Bay and no one wants these five terrorists because they're such a liability. And they want to close for political reasons. They want to close Guantanamo Bay. As I look what I've done. I ended the longest war in Afghanistan, regardless of the carnage left behind, regardless the innocent people that have been tortured and beheaded and killed at the hands of Al Qaeda and the Taliban. We closed. We ended that war. Remember that fiasco and the innocent people that died at the airport? Remember where we were taking actual orders from the Taliban in the country that we had occupied? Remember that? Because I, they had an arbitrary date in their head of, January, or of September the 11th they wanted to say we were out. They now want to say they were the guys, and I'm referring to the Biden administration, that closed down Guantanamo Bay where Americans waterboarded and tortured actual terrorists who beheaded people. I want you to understand what it would be like if you were one of those family members. Imagine you lose a loved one and now you find out that we're going to do a deal. We're going to do a deal. To give them all their lives back. We're going to make sure they know that we're never going to kill them. I want you to imagine knowing that your loved ones were crashed in those planes. I want to make sure you understand that there were men and women and children that were killed. At the hands of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and multiple other attacks that I didn't even mention. And knowing that this individual Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Who by the way was involved not just in the 9-11 attacks He was also involved in the Richard Reed shoe bombing attempt to blow up an airliner. He was also involved in the Bali nightclub bombing in Indonesia. He was also involved in the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. And he was also involved in various foiled attacks as well as numerous other crimes. He was charged with many of these crimes before 9-11 and other crimes after 9-11. And you get a letter that this is the guy, if your parents were in the World Trade Center, that had to choose between burning to death or jumping to their death. This is the guy who planned it. And you get a letter that the Biden administration is considering a plea deal, which I would say you don't send this letter unless you're going to actually do it so you can get them out of Gitmo and shut down Gitmo. Why would we trust these people with anything in this country?
2: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport and I'm Kibi Rappaport and together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast.
4: Look, you did the tough thing during COVID. You paid your people and pulled your business through the pandemic. And now doing the tough thing could qualify you for a $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan and you don't have to pay it back. Look, this program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at consumer tax advocates. The best part is you pay nothing up front. They do all the work and then they share a percentage of cash that you get. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had increases in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let covidtaxrelief.org Help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit covidtaxrelief.org. That's covidtaxrelief.org. covidtaxrelief.org. Now, if you're one of these family members and you live through that day, you could have never imagined in that moment that you would ever get a letter from your government stating that the people that plan these attacks are going to get a plea deal. You have to ask yourself the question at this point to the Biden administration, like, whose side are you on? You just sent six billion dollars to Iran. In exchange for five different prisoners, you paid ransom to a terrorist organization, Iran. The same country that was the number one state sponsor of terrorism against American soldiers in Afghanistan, Iraq. The same country that spent countless dollars on roadside bombs and explosives to give to ISIS and Al-Qaeda so they could then kill American soldiers and dismember them. And we just sent them $6 billion. Whose side is the Biden administration on? And if that's not enough, for many of you that may be listening that are younger, you may not remember 9-11. These were the phone calls that came in as these airlines that were hijacked and these suicide attacks that were being committed by this mastermind who they now want to give a plea deal to. This is what it was like for the last moments of people when they were calling their loved ones.
0: Okay, I'm on the floor of the uh, World Trade Center. We just had an explosion. I don't know if I'm going to be okay I love
4: you Many of these calls have never been heard in public and are featured here for the first time. Mom, it's
2: Steven. Um, My plane, uh, my building got hit by a plane. And right now I think I'm okay, I'm safe now, but spooky I just want to say
4: how much I love you. These are the people that were leaving messages and their family members. it's the last time they ever heard them. It's the last time they ever heard these conversations, this documentary that put all these together should remind you of the real history, the voices of those who were begging, and telling their loved ones, "I'm sorry, I've got to make a choice. I'm going to either burn to death, I'm going to die in this building when it collapses that I don't even know about, or I'm going to have to jump from a window in the Twin Towers." And the man who planned this knew this was going to be the scenario. He understood it. He understood that there was a good chance that they hit high enough on these buildings, and the heat was high enough that it was hard, too hard, to get these fires. There was a chance they could topple these buildings. We know this from their te- from 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 the terrorist organization.
2: I love you so I, I don't know if I'm going
4: to be okay. I love you so much. I hear those and it makes me sick. It also makes me sad. I can't imagine having that message come in. I can't imagine being someone that got that message. If you've never been to the 911 museum, you you listen to these phone calls. And these are and there are people by the way that this was the last thing they ever said. This, this, this was it, folks. Every voicemail, every email that was happened on that day. I remember NBC News doing a report on this, just talking about those people on that day. Listen to how they described it.
2: That just crashed
3: into the World Trade Center.
1: It's how the story of that day began for so many. A call from a friend, a relative. You have to see this
2: a plane has just crashed into the World Trade Center. I'm so worried about you. Where are you?
1: In a world without Twitter, we reached out in the only ways we could.
2: I just need to know that you're okay sweetheart, so please just call me.
1: We were witnessing the first national calamity of the digital age. Every voicemail, every email was writing history's narrative in real time. It's the human experience of a historical event. And your point of entry is that this event happened to people just like you and me. They were people who went to their offices one morning with a cup of coffee and sat down at their desk and literally all hell broke loose. And so in the 9-11 Memorial and Museum's oral history exhibit, it is the voices of those everyday people weaving the story of that day.
2: Message five. From an unknown number, received September 11th at 8:59 a.m. Hey Beverly, this is Sean. In case you get uh, get this message, uh, there's been an explosion in World Trade One. That's the other building. It looks like a plane struck it. It's um, on fire at about the 90th floor, and it's 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 horrible.
1: Sean Rooney called his wife several times from the 105th floor of the South Tower.
5: This is Sean again. Uh, Looks like we'll be in this tower for a while. Like
1: so many that day, Sean Rooney didn't make it home. Those who died and those who escaped the buildings are part of a painful mosaic. Judy Ween also worked in the South Tower. She survived.
4: It was pitch
3: black. I went to get up, but I was literally walking over bodies. So many people
4: just died at that moment.
1: Bruno Dellinger recalls passing firefighters as he evacuated.
5: While I was walking down, they were going up to their death. And I was walking down to live.
1: There is also the remarkably calm flight attendant, Betty Ong, on board hijacked Flight 11. When the
2: cockpit is not answering their phone,
1: And there's somebody staff in business class. She was giving critical information. We have voicemail today, but we don't use it like we did back in two thousand one. How critical are those snippets? in telling this bigger story. Those voicemail messages are so important because we can hear what was going through their minds and through their hearts.
2: on airplane I absolutely you
1: and we are not spared the crushing heartbreak of final goodbyes like the message Brian Sweeney a passenger aboard United flight 175 left for his wife
2: my wife is good so have to uh Same to my parents and everybody i just I did.
4: I hear that and i still take me back to that day i cannot imagine being a dad now having to leave that message being a husband now having to leave that message that's the one that gets me every time and i cannot imagine being the family of brian whose voice you just heard and knowing that the man that planned that day may get a plea deal from the biden administration may get a deal Because the Biden administration, and I ask this question and I mean it, who the hell, what what the hell side are you on? You want to spare the life of the guy who did that so that you can close down Guantanamo Bay because you think it's a political victory because you say, oh, that's a place where we waterboarded, quote, tortured people. The mastermind of 9-11, when we grabbed Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and I've talked to the men that, some of the men that grabbed him, I know people that have lost their husbands and wives at foiled, failed attempts with bad intelligence that went wrong to capture Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. There are men and women that died trying to capture Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. And you notice I use the word capture. People don't understand this. Our military could have bombed and taken out with a, with a surgical strike from the air Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. They wanted him to take him alive. They were trying to take him alive because he had so much intel and had been involved so directly with Osama bin Laden and they thought he may know where bin Laden is and they wanted to know about other attacks that he may have planned. And there are men that lost their lives getting Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. But the men that grabbed Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, I know... Never thought that once we got him and, and interrogated him and got intel out of him, right? The Democrats obsessed with saying it was torture. I don't believe we torture Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. I believe he deserved much more. But now you understand their mentality. They're like, no, no, no. You can't. Not only can you not waterboard a guy like Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, but we want to spare his life. Whose side are you on, Biden? Whose side are you on? And imagine being one of these family members who has to listen to these messages, knowing That the man that was responsible for all those phone calls taking place is going to live a full life because the Biden administration is going to give him a plea deal to spare his life.
2: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport and I'm Kibi Rappaport and together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's reality podcast.
4: I sat down with Senator Ted Cruz to talk about this in the podcast that we do, Verdict. And I want you to hear what he had to say and how we can possibly stop this from happening. Take a listen. Help us explain to the rest of the world what is about to happen. And it deals with 9-11 in a shock that came out. uh, And it was just a Pentagon email or a letter that went to the families From 9-11 who lost loved ones during that attack and the suspected mastermind of 9-11 attacks as well as four other defendants, apparently they could all escape the death penalty under a quote new plea deal where they would plead guilty and then it would save their lives literally. Now, there are a lot of people that have direct connections to 9-11 that are beyond furious over this. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed is the mastermind behind 9-11. He was the CEO of this 9-11 attack. He was the one that came up with it with Osama bin Laden. He had in his writings before we caught him and had said publicly that his goal was to kill as many Americans as possible. And he wanted to have mass mass casualties, not just on 9-11, but after 9-11. He also was planning other their attacks as well that suspected mastermind now would be in essence given a deal now senator the, i think the pullback that the curtain here you and i talked about this is the fact that this seems to be the department uh, the, the pentagon and the biden administration saying no one wants these people they're too dangerous These five men including the mastermind of 9-11 so we want to close down gitmo and the way we could close it down is giving these five defendants a plea deal so we can wrap up Guantanamo Bay and say, look, we closed this thing down. Aren't we great people? That is the most, I think, disgusting part of, the, of this deal is it's just for a political purpose for them.
5: This story is absolutely outrageous. and And I think everyone hearing it should be shocked and should be furious. On September 11th, deranged, radical Islamic terrorists carried out the worst terrorist attack in the history of the United States of America. They murdered 2,977 innocent people. It was horrific. It was an act of war. It was an act of war that was planned and executed to attempt to cripple the United States. Every one of us who was alive and an adult at the time remembers where they were on September 11th. Remembers where they were when they saw the image of the first plane hitting the first tower in New York City and then the second plane hitting the second tower in New York City. You remember where you were when the plane flew into the Pentagon And you remember where they were when the brave heroes took the plane down over that hallowed field in Pennsylvania. Yesterday, the Biden administration sent letters to the families of the victims of the nearly 3,000 people murdered that day, saying, by the way, the guy who planned it, the guy who was the mastermind behind it, the guy who plotted it, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, and four others who were active participants in the worst act of terrorism in U.S. history, we may not seek the death penalty for them. If you don't seek the death penalty for murdering nearly 3,000 people in an act of war, then what the hell do you seek the death penalty for? It is outrageous and it's infuriating.
4: You look at these charges, and I, I, I go to just to remind people of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. This is an individual that worked hand in hand with Osama bin Laden and Al Qaeda. He was the leader of Al Qaeda's propaganda operations, and that was really recruitment. He needed to recruit soldiers for jihad. He was in charge and was incredibly successful at the propaganda that brought people in, especially in the Middle East, from different countries into Al-Qaeda. He did that so well from 1999 to 2001 that some described him as the number one recruiter of terrorists in, in the world. When we captured him, just so people remember, in 2003, there were several countries that wanted him because they wanted to kill him. And what we did is we wanted intel out of him because he knew about the entire operations and he could lead us to Osama bin Laden. When we interrogated him in March 2007, he finally confessed to say to, to what we already knew. He was the mastermind of the 9-11 attacks. The Richard Reed shoe bombing attempt to blow up an airliner, he was also the mastermind of that. The Bali nightclub bombing in Indonesia, he was involved in that. The 1993 World Trade Center bombings. The murder of Daniel Pearl, the Wall Street Journal reporter, and various other foiled attacks, as well as numerous other crimes he was involved with. It wasn't just 9 11. And that's why clearly he deserves the death penalty. What he was charged with was first degree murder, 2,977 counts for everyone that died on 9 11, attacking civilians. He was charged with that, attacking civilian objects intentionally causing serious bodily injury, murder in the violation of the law of war, destruction of property in violation of the law of war, hijacking or uh, hazarding a vessel or aircraft. Then he was charged with multiple counts of terrorism. And then all of the other things I just listed, why would anyone at the Pentagon... Unless it's political pressure from this White House, because the White House, to be clear, Senator, could stop this, right? They could step in here and say, no, A- absolutely. you're not going to do this, right? You're not going to let this guy live and let him plead guilty.
5: So I think it's two things. One, I think when it comes to criminal law, this administration is populated by left-wing ideologues. And in the entire time Joe Biden has been president... The Department of Justice has not authorized a single new death penalty prosecution under Merrick Garland. They've halted death penalty prosecutions. And and in fact, Joe Biden campaigned on ending the federal death penalty. His criminal justice platform included a pledge laid out on his campaign website that said, quote, to work to pass legislation to eliminate the death penalty at the federal level and incentivize states to follow the federal government's example. And he said those convicted of the most egregious federal crimes, quote, should serve in st- should instead serve life sentences without probation or, con- or or parole. And and since Merrick Garland took office, he has not sought the death penalty and and by the way, that includes the deranged murderer in El Paso that went into the Walmart seeking to murder Hispanics on a blatant racist hate crime. And the Biden Department of Justice did not seek the death penalty there. Instead, he was sentenced to 90 life sentences. He might be executed by the state of Texas. And in fact, I have every confidence that the state of Texas is going to prosecute that monster and carry out capital punishment on him. But the feds the feds you commit a horrible racist hate crime and mass murder the biden doj they won't consider the death penalty and and when you're talking about terrorism it is it is this is the worst act of terrorism in us history and yet these left wing ideologues they don't want to hold the mastermind of murdering nearly 3000 americans accountable it it is it is so profoundly disrespectful not just to the families of the victims not just to the americans who were murdered that day but but to everyone in this country this was an act of war against america and and these bastards don't give a damn
4: the other part that i think is so shocking about this senator is the fact that you have a man like khalid Sheikh Mohammed. He, we know for a fact he traveled the Philippines back in 1994. We were trying to, by the way, get him after this. The United States government was. He worked with his nephew, another terrorist that you'll know his name, Ramzi Yusuf, on a massive plot to destroy 12 commercial airliners flying routes between the United States of America, East Asia, and Southeast Asia. The 9-11 Commission report says this marked the first time that KSM, that's what he's known as Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, took part in the actual planning of a terrorist operation. This was back in 1994. The United States it, it, 9-11 Commission also said, by his own accounts, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, his, his animus towards the United States, stemmed not from his experiences because he was smart, he came to the U.S. as a student, but rather, they said, his violent disagreement with U.S. foreign policy favoring Israel. So this is a this is a man that wanted Israel to burn. This is a man that started being a terrorist in 1994 and this is a man who America had been trying to track down in, in, in at least by 95 and 96. In fact, Muhammad returned to Afghanistan to avoid capture by US authorities in its flight in his fight uh, his flight from Qatar because he was told or tipped off that America was coming to get him. That was in the 1990s.
5: So he, he wanted Israel to burn. He succeeded in causing America to burn in, in New York City and Washington, D.C. and Pennsylvania, murdering nearly 3,000 Americans. And I mentioned it was a couple of things. One, it is the radical ideologues in, in the Biden administration who won't seek the death penalty for anybody. But two, this Biden White House and this president Consistently, systematically puts partisan political objectives above justice and above protecting U.S. national security. It, it is ironic that we find this news out uh, within a week of the two year anniversary of Joe Biden surrendering the Taliban, abandoning Afghanistan, abandoning Kabul, leaving Americans behind to die abandoning 13 servicemen and women who were murdered in Kabul and and, and we discussed on, on on this podcast we played the testimony of a heroic marine who explained that that they had the intelligence about the bomber and the higher-ups would not allow them to take him out before he murdered 13 servicemen and women why because this White House values politics Above national security. Now, why did they have such a disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan? Because the president wanted to have an announcement on 9-11 on the anniversary of 9-11. We are out of Afghanistan. That was a political objective. And the fact that it would cause people to die, the fact that it would abandon people who had risked their lives to save us, the fact that it would empower terrorists who want to murder us, none of that mattered. The fact that it would result in chaos and catastrophe. And remember those images of the people grasping the wheels of planes as they were taking off, as, as Biden cut and run. For them, politics was more important. You alluded, when you opened this podcast to a major reason why they're doing this, which is Joe Biden wants to announce, we have closed Guantanamo. Why? Because that's a partisan political objective. They want that. They want to dance around and trumpet that fact with a left-wing activist who never liked that Gitmo was there in the first place. They never liked that we were fighting against the terrorists, and they want to say, we closed Gitmo. Now, the problem is, you have terrorists there, and, and Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, there are four others in this group, but, but but, KSM is, is by far the worst of them. He He's the principal person other than Masa- uh, Osama bin Laden, who was behind the September 11th attack. They can't close Guantanamo because they can't move them to the United States and put them in a U.S. Pres- prison unless they reach some outcome. That's why they want a plea deal, so they could get their political victory of closing Gitmo and, and, and do so at the expense of of U.S. national security. And let's be clear, if they cut a plea deal with this terrorist, that will only encourage subsequent terrorists. Mind you, this is right on the wake of Joe Biden sending $6 billion to Iran. The Ayatollah in Iran is the leading state sponsor of terrorism on Earth, paying enormous sums of money to murder Israelis and to murder Americans.
4: To be clear, Iran, to remind people, Iran killed more american soldiers dismembered more american soldiers without firing a shot because they were the ones supplying the roadside bombs and the advanced bombs to the terrorists whether they were the insurgents or isis al-qaeda etc and they were funneling them and giving them safe haven and we just sent them billions of dollars to then fund more terrorism
5: Six billion dollars for five hostages, American hostages released. So now they've set the price of an American hostage at over a billion dollars apiece. The result of that, they've increased the risk that more Americans are going to be taken hostage. They've told every tyrant, every bad guy, every rogue regime, you go grab an American and the idiots in the Biden administration will cut you a billion dollar check. And, and, and it, it, it is a consistent pattern. Elevate partisan politics above our national security interests, even if it endangers the lives of Americans.
4: Senator, uh, I, I, this is when I do—I I hate this story, but I love that we have this show to do this. Make sure you share this podcast, please, with your family and friends. Hit that follow button if you're listening on Apple or subscribe or auto-download, depending on where you're, you're listening, and you can get every single show, obviously, for free. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. To get your solar generator now, you'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4 slash Ben. That's the number 4, Patriots.com slash Ben. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose.